Here we go. Friday and Melon Fest weekend upon us. Saturday is going to be a big day at Melon Fest. Yes, it is. We can't tell you why. No. Well, I mean, it's the return of the parade. Yes, it After is. many years' uh, absence, the annual tradition of the Melon Fest parade coming back Saturday, 10 till noon. And the Shriners are going to be there. Oh, yeah. Nothing beats a Shriner at a parade. Well, yeah. And as much of a spectacle as the Shriners are... Yes. There'll be a Mike and John spectacle. Yes, there will. It won't be a little yeah. car, though. <laughs> no, no. It would be fun for us yeah. to ride no, around in little cars. That's true. Little mini cars. Right. Little so uh, keep your eyes open. Yeah. yeah. All day Saturday. Yeah. Downtown Howell. And other places. That, too. Maybe yeah. even Brighton. Who knows? Well, who knows? You never know who when we're going to show up. Yeah. We don't even know when no, we're going to no. show up or where. That's pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have the winner of today's trivia question from last night, anyway, to, uh, Thursday Night Trivia. According to a recent survey, 63% of people say they do this at least once a week. Mm. Want to know what it is? We'll find out who got the answer right. Also, big interview. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Julie Moss. Yeah, had a chance to talk with her yesterday, and uh, she's going to be speaking uh, at a women's luncheon for the Brighton Chamber uh, later this month. So, a uh, fascinating story. You probably have seen Julie Moss at one point. Maybe you don't know who she is, and we're going to find out. As we crawl yeah. toward that story. See what I did there? Yeah, I saw. You see what I did there? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, I did. All right, first, though, a look at local news brought to you by Cooper and Binkley Jewelers in downtown Brighton. All right, here's what's going on. A proposal by Trinity Health to expand the Trinity Health Medical Center Brighton into a full-service hospital advanced to the next approval stage after a meeting of the Genoa Township Planning Commission Monday night. Formerly known as the St. Joseph Mercy Brighton Health Center, the facility is proposed to become a more than 186,000 square foot four-story hospital with 72 inpatient beds, an expanded emergency department, surgical services, and potentially a birthing center. By a unanimous vote, the commission's recommendation moves the plan to final approval by the township board, which could come as soon as next month. The proposal originally came to the Planning Commission July 11th, but was tabled over traffic and stormwater concerns. A traffic analysis completed since then indicated no major impact, although there were concerns that remained about making a left turn out of the facility onto Grand River. The motion approved on Monday included language that the amended planned unit development agreement would be reviewed by the township engineering staff and the attorney before it is sent to the township trustees for that final vote. Planning Commissioner Jeff DeHanens told Gigo News that the applicants were able to successfully address the traffic concerns as well as the stormwater retention issues, adding that it really makes sense with the land available and located right in the middle of so many communities. It makes healthcare more accessible, adding that in the township's master plan, that area is considered a medical corridor. 
An unfulfilled contract will force kids in Fowlerville hoping to play tackle football this season to instead play flag football. Parents of kids playing on 1st through 8th grade recreation teams received an email from league organizers Wednesday informing them that the company hired to recondition and recertify their helmets had failed to fulfill their contract and returned the helmets untouched. WLNS Channel 6 reports that Fowlerville Superintendent Wayne Rodell said they have about 300 kids signed up for tackle football, and because of the snafu, players on those teams will have to play flag football instead. A parent meeting is scheduled for Monday, August 15th at 5.30 to provide parents more details on how the season will work. Monday will also begin a week-long registration-unregistration period in which parents will have the opportunity to decide whether or not to have their child participate or unenroll from the program. And as one busy intersection opens back up, another has closed down. Closed since April 18th for roundabout construction, the 8-mile road, Curry Road intersection at the Lyon Township-Salem Township border recently reopened. But just as quickly, the Road Commission for Oakland County shut down the 9-mile road and Curry Road intersection for construction of another roundabout. It's expected to be closed through mid-October. During the closure, residential access will be maintained via the 8-mile Curry Road roundabout. But Curry Road from 8 to 9-mile will be closed to traffic until about mid-October for gravel road paving. You got all that? Nope. Well, then you go to MikeAndJohnPodcast.com for all the details. That's where you can get it. Yeah. And that's what's going on. And it's brought to you by Cooper and Binkley Jewelers in downtown Brighton, Brighton's preeminent jewelry store, with a commitment to customer service, community involvement, honesty, professionalism, and exquisite merchandise. Matter of fact, uh, the, the whole staff from Cooper and Binkley Jewelers participated once again this year in the annual Day of Caring, the Livingston County United Way. Very cool. And uh, took those, shut the store down, helped out the whole day, helped uh, do landscaping, outdoor work at uh, a local home, and that's what they mean by community involvement. Right. Just a, a smidgen of what the Binkleys do right. here in Livingston that's County. That's how C&B rolls. Wow. <laughs> now they're C&B. I don't know. C&BJ. I probably, is what, yeah, they probably I don't, don't want to be known as C&B. All right, Cooper and Binkley, you're right. Yes. yes, they do. Plus, they have a great merchandise. Their sole purpose of their business is offering unique and exceptional quality jewelry in a, uh, in a nice, warm, engaging environment. So if you're looking for custom designs, the latest offerings from Simon G. and Zagani, Cooper and Binkley Jewelers on Main Street in downtown Brighton. Your first and last stop for that perfect gift or one-of-a-kind item. Browse their selection online, cooperandbinkleyjewelers.com. Um, so back to this flag football thing. Yes. If you're if you're registered right. to, to play football, yes. and then they pull the plug on it because some company couldn't handle their end of the bargain. Well, they, they completely ghosted them. I mean, yeah. I, I guess the district sent the, uh, or the organ of the rec league sent the helmets back in January. And we're told, oh, we'll have them back weeks before the season begins. I was and, uh, like, and they're emailing like, hey, season's coming up. And they're yeah. like, ah, oh, yeah, don't worry, we're on. We're just a little behind. And then they just send them all back. Yeah, we never touched them. Here you go. Bye. So, but, but, Thanks. <clears throat> so, all right. <laughs> now now I'm, I'm reaching in straws here. But if they've got the equipment, it's just not painted right. Right? The well, it's not recertified. I would think some yeah. local... All the companies that do this are all booked up. And they called around, and uh, the various companies are like, hey, we, we'd love we're, to help we're can't. We, we can't do it before your season begins. That and you can't, stinks. You can't start a season with flag football, then switch to tackle. I, I mean, I understand it's like you gotta, it's, you got to commit. It's one or the other. So, 
they're kind of left in a bind. And the p- parents aren't happy, but I, I, they should be pissed at this company. So um, that just sucks. Yeah. There you go. It just sucks. Flag, so I'm flag football. I'm thinking of you know, which is still. You know, I'm hey. thinking of back in my days Uh-oh. as uh, <laughs> diddly, 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 diddly. the mists of time. Okay, so I played one season of <laughs> Livonia Parks and Rec football. Right. Uh, tackle. Yeah, it was, oh, okay. yeah, it was tackle. Okay. I don't even know if they had flag football when we were kids, did they? Flag football. Yeah, they did. Flag um, football would be something you play if you were like at the boys and girls club. Or yeah, like you a, were doing like a, a summer, summer school, league a summer or something camp. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, we'll like, do flag football. Oh, you okay. don't have to tackle. Fine. Or we, you know, we used yeah. to play tackle in the yard without right. pads or anything. <laughs> well, that's true. Too. You just get <laughs> so, you know, we just went without skulls together. Yeah. I need someone to I, recertify my skull. And we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> As we <laughs> sit in the basement, everything yeah. went fine. Uh, everything was good. <laughs> I don't know what you're I, talking about. I didn't wear a helmet when yeah. I rode a bike no, not either. At all. Not at all. Or any kind of padding for that matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we used so. to jump creeks. <laughs> on our bikes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. built homemade ramps. Sure. Absolutely. And we're fine. Yeah. Doing a podcast in the basement. Pack mud into cuts. <laughs> this will stem the flow. <laughs> I don't think I ever did a mud I, pack. I did. But I did. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Got home. My mom's like, "What? <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's gonna get infected." I'll be fine, I'm mom. I'm fine, mom. Exactly. It's okay. Everything's sure. Good. The toes dangling my flap of skin, but <laughs> it's got mud in there. That's right. The mud's holding it's it together. Good mud. It's got minerals. They used to build houses out of this stuff. All right. So, and last night's yeah. trivia question: sixty-three percent of people say they do this at least once a week. Right. Now, there's a lot of great answers. Right. Uh, but it wasn't really something that you do by choice. Right. So let's take a look at some of the answers, right. shall we? Did you get this this right, by I the way? I did not. Um, all right. I have to click this again. Eat fast food. Right. Uh, go grocery shopping. At least once a week. Yeah, at least once a week. Okay. Drink beer. For some people, that's at least mm-hmm. once a day. Our, Order pizza. Our good friend Rich Perlberg said, wake up on a Wednesday morning once a week. That's... Uh, his attempt at humor. Yeah. Because you know, there's, nice there's only one Wednesday morning. Um, swear at another driver at least once a week. Well, well there are some people that are nice drivers. Right. And, they they and, don't swear. And, and as driver. Katie says, dr- from the safety of your own car with the windows closed. closed. <laughs> <laughs> Under your breath. <laughs> friggin', friggin', friggin'. Uh, go out to lunch, go out to dinner, vacuum, yeah. skip breakfast, take a nap. Skip a meal. Right. Order out. All great guesses. Wash your sheets. At least once a week. Yeah. That's a bit much. Yes. Yeah, that's that's like overkill. You, well, <laughs> unless, what are you doing that you need to wash your sheets once a week? Hmm? All right. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> but 63% of us, probably not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the answer. Yes, the answer. Was forget what day it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's almost once a week, uh, once a day for yeah, me. It's like, what, what day is it again today? Oh yeah, it's, it's some. Uh, it's Friday, kind of day. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, why I like. Uh, well, my that's why I wear a watch because it has the date uh, and the day of the week. You, <laughs> that way, just in case I don't know, you, I can kind of yes. do that. I slide looking at my watch, saying, "Yeah, well, yeah, we know it's Friday, right?" Right. right so right. congratulations to Who's our Laura Schicker. Laura Schicker right. got that right. one right. Good job. So, um, we'll have our two-cent history lesson coming up, uh, a chat with the great Bonnie, uh-huh. Bonnie Runyon joining us, and we'll draw our winner for uh, Lunch for Two at Torch 180. We'll talk to Rhonda and see 
how those Mike and John Double BS nachos are going. Absolutely. If you haven't had any yet, we do recommend it. And I uh, talked to Rhonda yesterday, and uh, the shirts that we dropped off are gone. Long gone. But we're going to do a resupply mission. All right. Resupply yeah. mission. Yeah. So your last chance. It's kind of like when you were yeah. a kid buying cereal to get the prize in the box. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they'll be, they're gonna, we're going to resupply them for next week. All right. So uh, next week you'll have uh, some last chances at uh, Mike and John's Summer Splash t-shirts, which, by the way, people overwhelmingly have told us how soft these shirts yeah, are. Yeah, they are very comfortable. Yeah. They're not yeah. scratchy, no. you know, crappy we shirts. Shelf no, we went, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our, our designer, John A. Yes. Me. John uh, Pick the color and yeah. the fabric. Oh, yeah. I was. Uh, I went to all the great fashion houses. A lot of, in, lot of different textile in, in plants. In Paris and picking out the, yeah, you know. No, 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 no. no not no. soft that's enough not right. for our no, people. that's not right. That's our right. people <gasps> like soft, we said. This is it. <sighs> yeah, he rubbed them all over his or face. Or I pointed the one in the catalog. That yeah. one. <laughs> one of the two. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, I think we very know. distinct selection sure. process. I like that one. <laughs> okay. Can you get but, it off in that color? Okay, that yeah. works. But people like them. Yeah, so no, your last are... chance to get those at Torch 180 next week when you buy Mike and John's Double BS Nachos. All right. All right. Now, uh, as we alluded to earlier. Uh, the top of the show. Yeah. Julie Moss. Yeah. Who to... is Julie Moss? Well, she is uh, synonymous with excellence mm -hmm. and performance. She had a moment, you might say, back in 1982. We're going to find out more. She's going to have a moment with the Brighton Chamber of Commerce. She's going to be their guest speaker August 31st at the Women's Business Network of Michigan. Uh, the event called Attaining Your Own Great Victories. And uh, let's... Let's find out more about Jill, uh, Julie Moss. You're going to be coming to uh, Brighton uh, and speaking on Wednesday, August 31st at the uh, Brighton Area Chamber of Commerce's Women's Business Network of Michigan. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess uh, if you can, uh, sort of give us a, a little uh, a sample or an idea of what it is you're going to be talking about. Well, I think um, I... I'm most known for my uh, the first Ironman I ever did back in 1982, and it was. Uh, and I've since I just I've since written a book about it called Crawl of Fame, and I literally crawled across the finish line. So I'm known for being the girl who will crawl to get to the finish line. Um, and that race was captured on ABC Wild of Sports, and it's on YouTube, and it's, it will live forever. And it's considered kind of one of the moments that put the sport of triathlon on the map back in the day and so uh i when i present i usually talk about kind of the opportunity that triathlon has afforded me and there's other ways of course to experience this in your life but to kind of find that way to dig down deep you know that that part of yourself that is um that's unknown until you really have to uh, you have to dig for it. And um, I'm so just you know in very general you know terms, it's um, you know it's that it's that ability to test yourself and you know to overcome challenges and and to realize that depth of your potential. And so that really applies to to anything that you do in life. Um, what coming to talk to the women is really I'm in partnership with ed and i don't know if you've um if if you know about ed's uh, participation in the iron man through the iron man foundation raising funds for the iron man foundation and participating in kona um this year uh for 
he'll be racing for the Ironman Foundation. And we're talking about, uh, is it's Ed Pinkos, or how do you pronounce his last yeah. name? Yeah, P.N. Cause. P.N. Yeah, Cause. P.N. Cause, yeah. yeah. And so he's your local athlete, and he invited me. Um, we spent time together at the recent um, World Championship in Utah. It was sort of the 2000. 21's makeup because they couldn't get back to Kona with COVID. So they had a race in, in Utah and his girlfriend Doe was racing. He was there as a support person and he and I got to spend a lot of time together hanging out um, all week and he sort of suggested I come and help him with his campaign, his fundraising campaign um, in Brighton. So that's that's kind of the backstory. And so by speaking to these women, I'm really going to be telling them about my experience being, you know, just uh, just an average college student who had never done a triathlon was not a swimmer biker runner and i saw the iron man on television i thought well that's the perfect project i need for the senior project to graduate from college and so i went over just basically did did most of my training three weeks before the race got to kona and figured out you know i hadn't done the distances um for the bike or the swim yet and so i'm just uh, that's that's really kind of my story is that you don't have to you don't have to be a trained, you know, an elite athlete to do something that's pretty challenging athletically. And well, I think that's interesting. Uh, like you said, that you you saw the, the triathlon or, or Ironman, and you thought this would be the perfect uh, uh, project. I guess I'm, I'm wondering. I don't know that most people would make that connection in their mind. Um, <laughs> There were there were some really good views of, of good looking men in speedos. <laughs> okay, um, now now we understand. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's a little clarity there. Um, no, so it was just it was just kind of a gut reaction. It was like, wow, these you know, hot guys, Hawaii, and and then the race started, and then it was sort of like, okay, there's something else going on here, and it was that ability to um, kind of almost feel this their struggle and the cameras got in close and you could just I just it stuck with me and it made no sense and that's another one of the the lessons the takeaways from that initial Ironman was that just if something doesn't make sense to you it seems kind of crazy and out of line but yet it it kind of gets in on a cellular level and you can't shake it Pay attention to that. Pay attention to those things that really talk to your talk to your inner self, the, the more of the intuitive um, part of you that is um, saying. I mean, I, I, basically, I was yearning for a challenge, like right? That. And and it came in that form. It could have been in many different forms, but that's the form it took. And and it kind of became a roadmap for my life to sort of lean in and and really lean in when things sound crazy and hard and and but yet they have to it has to spark my imagination and well and, and as you said your the ultimate message is about empowerment and and never quitting obviously as exemplified by your crawl across that finish line um so you know i guess if you can take us back to that moment where you realize the finish line is coming up, but you're you're running out of you know. Uh, I imagine you're running out of energy to, to make it across. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, what's going through your mind when you see that? Well, it's funny because every time I see it, I think now like, oh, would I would I have the courage to dig that deep again? And um, it was 
I, I didn't know that was, uh, I had the ability to go that far within myself at the time. And, and then and now, now that I do know I, I can do it, would I want to? Um, uh, but in that first, that first race, I was leading the race, which was complete. That's the other crazy part. I wasn't supposed to be, I was just going to finish it, write it up as a project and graduate from, I was attending Cal Poly San Luis Obispo in central California and graduate and probably go get a teaching credential. And that was going to be it. Um, but what I discovered was that, um, you know, I had some talent in endurance. And so here I am leading the race and it's being televised. And then within a half mile of the finish line, um, like you said, running out of energy, it was a glycogen, glycogen death because I, I didn't really have any, there wasn't no injury. It just looked pretty bad. I just, my legs went out. Um, they just collapsed. Right. And then I couldn't get back up. I mean, it was like, I couldn't just sort of say stand up. I had to really kind of go through this whole, you know, emotional roller coaster of being embarrassed because when my legs gave out, so did everything in my GI. So that was, I'm now I'm just suffering, you know, this intense humiliation and this intense desire to get up and finish. I mean, it was just, it was pretty crazy. And so I the the ego had to be put in the back burner and the desire to finish what I started um, took over and so I, I figured out I could use my arms to form a tripod and stand up and once I stood up I, I could start walking and then I thought now I've got to try and, and, and finish this thing but not just finish it but win it and I knew they another woman was coming her name is Kathleen McCartney and she she eventually did catch me but it took um, to within about 10 feet of the finish line, and I probably fell about four times, um, getting up, walking, trying to run, falling, getting up, and and picturing this, the streets, the streets leading to the finish line of Kona are quiet. I mean, everyone is just quiet around me, and I'm blinded by the TV camera lights, but I just sense all these people who are just kind of urging me on, but it's just kind of, you could hear a pin drop. It was pretty, pretty wild. And what was going through my mind was that I had discovered something about myself and I kind of I sum it up saying I, I discovered my self-worth. I'd always been the girl who took shortcut, the easy way. I didn't really apply myself. Um, just kind of skating along in life. Until this moment really asked of me to, to be somebody different. And I so I kind of discovered that as, as the day was going on, especially in the later parts of the marathon, it was getting harder and harder. And I just discovered this part of myself that was willing to stay in it. Part of it was, yeah, I'm winning and that feels really good. I can be good at something. But the other part of me was just, I had to let go of how it was gonna look. It wasn't gonna be that, you know, that you know, picture perfect moment of throwing my arms up in the air across the finish line. I was a mess at the end. And I still felt that kind of that worthiness of finishing what I started and knowing that I would have that forever. 
if I could just get to the finish line. Yeah, I guess and you know, looking at the at the at the video, as you said, you're you're. I mean, you said it. You're a mess. Um, but it's. I guess. I guess. I guess one way to look at this is victory doesn't always look like what you think it will look like. Um, no. You're right. The classic thing would be. You're right. You break the tape and your arms are raised in victory and everyone's cheering, um, and yet looking how you finished this race, I almost feel like this really more exemplifies victory uh, in the sense of overcoming and 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 making that happen. And so uh, being able to apply that as a life lesson uh, is certainly amazing. Well, yeah, and it's um, it took some time to kind of let it all kind of kind of gel for me. Um, next thing I know, uh, our sport's turning professional, I'm not getting a teaching credential, and I'm going around the world doing triathlons as a professional athlete. That was that was a ride I never thought I was going to take. And I've been involved with, with the sport in some form ever since. Um, now I'm an ambassador for the, um, the Ironman Foundation. I'm on the board of the Ironman Foundation. I work with a shoe company, um, being an ambassador, athlete, athlete ambassador for Hoka uh, brand of shoes and just and I do race announcing and speaking and I have I just thought when's when's this when's this ride gonna end it it hasn't and I was fortunate enough to go back and, and race Kona in 2019 and um, it was you know so I you know the 50th anniversary is right before or I will turn 70 and the idea is maybe to go back to Kona and not to try and grab a spot on the podium because that has been motivation in the past but just celebrate uh, this this lifestyle this sport that I've been involved with for 45 years I will be at that point so it's something I, I again I say if you if you if you say it out loud like I'll want to be there for the 50th running of the Ironman I was there for the my first year was the fifth and now to go back to the 50th if you say it out loud it seems a little less crazy and you can kind of um, you should really sort of invite people to support you on your your big challenges so we'll see i mean body you know, the body has something to say about this but those kind of big goals are important to just kind of lay out and especially as you age i think you need to find something that sort of keeps you in the youth game and thinking about doing an iron man at 70 is going to keep me in a mindset that says well i've better do some things all along the way now because it's coming up in about five years to to um keep myself strong enough to even even think about that so and so i guess you know while uh, maybe competing in an ironman uh triathlon uh maybe that's not for everybody but the motivation that you're talking about uh of whatever your goal is uh obviously this helps to drive that internal mechanism you know and i guess Watching again, and I, and I, this is just one point in your life, and we—it's not. It's, it, but that moment when you're crawling across the finish line, I can't help but look at that and not think that was there a point where you just said, yeah, "No, I'm done. I'm just gonna quit," or were you just almost instantaneously determined, I, "I'm just not going to quit. I don't care what it takes." The, the, the one part that while I was still leading the race, I was I was very much trying to hang on to that because I sort of wrapped a lot of self-esteem around sure. that 
part of it. But when Kathleen McCartney did pass me those 20 feet from the finish line, and I did see her go by, I'm on the ground, but I could see her legs go by. There was a moment there where I, I just, it, that did that deep wounding um, disappointment hit me, and I that's when I just my head just drops and I can't pick my head up. Right. And I really I I kind of had to give myself a little pep talk like, uh, you know, now it's not what you thought it was going to be messy or or joyful whatever. It's just not the win. So what is this? It's it's finishing, and it was just it took me. You know, I'm, I'm crawling along, and it took me probably a few seconds to kind of just come to that conclusion that this is not failure because I didn't win. This is this is just about finishing what you start because this is. I mean, I just knew that I was. This is going to be a part of my life. This is going to be the fabric of my life. Is knowing how to finish what I start. And it was that that was that was what I was thinking about when I was crawling along. It was like it's okay. Right. It's gonna be okay to just finish. And turns out that was kind of what people saw. You know, that's they saw this this determination to finish. And that really is the spirit of an endurance event. It's um it's not about winning. It's about an individual fighting all their demons to get to the finish line. Wow, that and it's a great story, and 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 again, this applies, and I think in all facets of life, because um, there's different finish lines for us, uh, you know, professional, personal, and otherwise. Uh, so, uh, and again, uh, Julie Moss uh, will be speaking uh, Wednesday, August thirty first uh, at eleven thirty a.m. at Oak Point Country Club. Uh, this is part of the Greater Brighton Area Chamber of Commerce Women's Business Network of Michigan. Um, and uh, if people want more information, uh, they can contact the Greater Brighton Area Chamber of Commerce, 810-227-5086, uh, or online, brightoncoc.org, uh, to get more information. And um, Julie, thank you so much for, for talking with us and sharing this story. Um, again, your memoir, Crawl of Fame, um, on Pegasus Books, and I'm sure that can be found wherever books are sold. Oh, John, thank you so much for having me. And I, you, you, you turned a, an early morning here in California. <laughs> I'm kind of stumbling on my words. Thank you so much for, um, for just your very eloquent interview. Oh, no. I, I, hey, it was easy for me. Uh, you know, uh, but uh, what a great story. I, thank you for sharing it with us. And I think uh, we, we look forward to when you're here on the 31st. And I think people will, uh, will enjoy hearing your message uh, directly. So, Julie yeah, Moss, I, thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye, John. All right, bye-bye. Great story. Yeah. You can find out more about Julie at that Women's Business Network. <sighs> Attaining your own great victories. Right. August 31st. And, uh, you know, just a fascinating person. And the thing is, is... I had seen that clip before. It yeah. was on ABC Wide World of Sports. I don't know if it was the agony of defeat or the thrill of victory. It's part, really, it should have been the thrill of victory because but, even though technically she came in second and you know didn't win, uh, but the the heart it's that the, went it, into finishing it really was a win for her. So uh, and and she's made it sort of she's sort of embraced this and made this sort of her lifelong mission and uh, to talk about you know finding those inner that inner strength to complete whatever it is. So whether I mean in that instance it was a physical you know uh, challenge, right? Uh, but whether you have a professional challenge, a personal challenge, whatever it is, it's sort of being able to find that internal motivation. 
to get across the finish line, whether you crawl or not. So again, uh, August 31st, Julie Moss uh, at the Women's Business Network of Michigan. And thank you uh, for... Uh, for uh, sharing the story. Yeah, it was great. Great. You know, hard, hard to believe that was uh, 40 years ago. Yeah. 1982. Yeah. The 80s were a, just a couple years ago. I had a moment in 1982. Yeah. <laughs> Did you graduate I, in 1982? I crawled. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. It was not a pretty moment. It was not a pretty moment. Crawled to the, the ceramic, <laughs> the porcelain finish line. Was, I just didn't want to barf on the floor. Just let me. I mean, it's a, oh God! I'll never do this again. Hey, each of us has our own <laughs> internal goals. <laughs> Julie's was: I need to finish this race, no yeah. matter what. No, for for most of us guys, I need to finish this case. Yeah. <laughs> but not in eight, 1982. Well, I was no, too young. no, of course not. So. That would have been illegal and wrong. <laughs> yes, it would. All right, all right. It's uh, it's time to catch up with uh, the great Bonnie Runyon. Okay. Find out what's going on in Runyonville. What up? <laughs> What? Up? <laughs> me, she me, uses terms like that all the answer. time. I want to answer. You want to answer it? I mean, I want to. You want to greet her? All right. Did I scare you? What up? I didn't answer the first ring. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, we, no. We, we weren't worried at all. But Bonnie, we you always answer. We never yeah. have to go to your voicemail. Yeah. We can count on you. <laughs> When you're an old woman with all life, <laughs> well, you answer the phone when we call. Oh, somebody's calling. Yeah, yeah. So, so Bonnie, our trivia question today: sixty-three percent of people say they do this at least once a week, and the answer was um, was forget what day of the week it is. Yeah, what day it is. Does, uh, does that happen to you? That is very true. What really helps keep me on guard is remembering what I'm doing today. Yeah. That helps keep okay. me focused. But otherwise, I mean, if, if you're just sitting at home without doctor's appointments or job interviews or... <laughs> or, or talking with Mike and John on a Friday. Well, so you yeah. always know it's a Friday when you talk to us, That's right? That's true. There you go. We help there set the go. week. You got it. Yeah. You know, I, I, hey, every once in a while, it's like, oh, holy crap. Tomorrow morning. It's yeah. Friday. <laughs> but is it more like, uh, i got to talk to those guys tomorrow uh, morning. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. I love harassing you guys. You know that. How many years have I been harassing you? Uh, many, many years. Yes, many. <laughs> many, many years. <laughs> so I want to ask you, are you are you going to Melon Fest? Uh, is that uh, a part of your weekend plans? You know what? It's not, except I remember John and Mike last year saying that they seen... A Runyon pickup, old truck going to mm -hmm. the parade. And yeah. I thought, you know what? I may have to get up there in a corner and see if that happens. See if there's a Runyon truck? Yeah. No, or bring the Runyon truck. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. okay. No. My, no my, oh, my, my grandson has a truck that I don't know what year it is. It's old. Okay. Yeah. And what he has done. The Runyon Brothers construction, uh, you know, on my truck. Right. He's got that one on his old truck that looks like it was put there the day he bought the truck. Really? Old. Wow. How some people are savvier than me. I mean, it, you you could read it, but it looks old. Yeah, it has that vintage feel to it. Kind of like buying jeans that are already ripped. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Bonnie, maybe um, maybe we could make that that old Runyon truck a Mike and John truck. Hey, a podcast mobile. Maybe a pod truck. 
Silence. No. <laughs> Silence. I think that was a pregnant pause for effect, and no, that's not happening. <laughs> Stay away from my truck. All right. <laughs> grandson's grandson's like, uh, like, no. <laughs> so is that just a truck for special occasions, like a parade, or it's not the usual uh, work truck, right? No. No, that's, no, I didn't think so. They have a dear friend, his name is Condo Don, that got, them, got him going on an old truck. So wait, wait a minute. The guy's name's Condo John. Condo Don. Don. Condo Don. Okay, Condo That's Don. What I know him. Oh, because he's a. Is he own a condo or? No. Oh, okay. No, they get together. They get together in a barn. There's, you're leaving many questions unanswered, Bonnie. <laughs> I'm going over to hang out in the barn with Condo Don. Hey, Condo Don. <laughs> Don. No. Is his name Don? No. <laughs> it's a cool spot. Ah, yeah. all right. Okay. Cool. No, well, all right. well, now we know. So we'll, we'll <laughs> look for the Runyon truck in yeah. the uh, in the parade. Yes. And we'll see if Condo Don's a part well, of it. Well, now, wait a minute, though. I'm, is it registered to be in the parade? Because you can't just pull in. I don't have a clue. I oh, don't okay. have to know nothing. Yeah, no, you okay. doesn't have to know that. It's just you show up and you're, you're there. No. I think the... I think no, this, I'm talking about Bonnie oh, just meant, showing him. Oh, not Bonnie showing the truck. up, of course. I meant in being in the parade. Can't just jump the day. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be in the parade. Move yeah. out of the way. Yeah, you have to get approval to be uh, in the parade. Move, move over, Shriners. Yeah, I mean, they didn't. we, we yeah. didn't get approval to be in the parade. Yeah. We, of course, well, we, we didn't, didn't file we didn't anything either. But, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe next year. We thought about it, and then they said, here's a form to fill out. And we're like, oh, oh we, that's uh, we paperwork bureaucracy. We didn't want to do that. No, we're not. Well, Bonnie, enjoy Melon Fest. Have yes. some ice cream, which we were supposed to have on the show this morning, but Brian, John, John didn't bring any down. All right. I'm so, no, we're not getting. No. We're getting ice cream. No, we're not. Yes, we are. We'll get he's, it. Messed up. he's messed up two days. I know. This is. Uh, I've got to fix this, Bonnie. I'm yeah. going to fix it. Two days in a row. I didn't yeah, get mine. I'm going to fix this. I don't. I don't even really like melon ice cream, but it's really. Good. I shouldn't say that. It's really good. Um, with you, I'm with you, Mike. I'd rather have just you don't some. Like it? I'm no, not. It's, no, it's really, I, really good. Well, it's. I, I like. I like a lot of flavors. I just don't like the flavor of melon. Okay. Well, well, it's, what's your favorite flavor? I like cinnamon ice cream. <laughs> Do you want me to bring down some I cinnamon? Just by chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate. Well, yeah, that's the go-to. Yeah. I like chocolate, like, vanilla, and pudding. Sure, oh, sure. Not just chocolate. No. But, you know, good vanilla. Yeah. Like if it's got like real vanilla bean, that's oh, that's pretty yeah. good too. Well, I think I need that. <laughs> I don't think so. I do. Oh, you know what? I do. You got vanilla bean? You want me to bring you down no, some Briar's not. vanilla bean? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I have a little Briar's vanilla bean uh, cup for just, you. Oh, a little yeah. cup. Yeah. I'm told this present all. Wait for his Well, we're going to rectify this. All right. Bonnie, we will chat with you next week. Maybe we'll see you at Melon Fest tomorrow. All right. Enjoy the parade. All, all right, right, Bonnie. Thanks. All right, Bonnie Runyon joining us uh, once again on this uh, this Friday morning. Uh, we have our two-cent history lesson to get to. Yes, and, we do. And our big drawing for Torch 180, that right. lunch for two. We'll be calling uh, Rhonda Callahan at, uh, at uh, just a Torch 180 here in just a minute. All right, today, the 12th of August, it's a Friday because it says so on my watch. Oh, now you know. It's uh, IBM PC Day. IBM PC Day. I believe the first uh, IBM personal computer went on sale in 1981 on this day. Wow. Did you have an IBM PC? I did not. It's I probably my a pretty big. First computer was the Commodore VIC-20. Oh, the Commodore VIC. Yes. Does he know Condo Don? Can, <laughs> no, I don't think he did. <laughs> it's International Youth Day. Uh, Celebrate you. your youth. Yes. Youth is wasted on the young. Yes, it is. They don't know what they're doing, these kids. Julian 
fries day. Julienne. Julienne. Well, Julienne. 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 They're French fries. fries. Yes. They're just cut Are they French? They're just cut What's the difference? Aren't they like... Are um, they crisp cut or uh, I don't even no, know? No, they're like uh, they're like slant cut or something. Slant? Yeah. Like waffle uh, fries? Uh, no, like uh, Julian <laughs> fries. Julian fries. Are they thin? I guess they're thin. Thin fries. They're like shoestring fries, I uh -huh. suppose. Well, yeah. that's what I call them. Or potato sticks. Yeah. It's middle no, child I thought stick. they were more... Yeah, you're right. These are just potato sticks. Yeah. Like the handicap ones. <laughs> <laughs> the handicap fries, the pup fries. <laughs> no. At our previous place of our employment, they always had those in the, in the vending machine. I was always like, "Well, I, I guess I'll take some handicap pup fries." There's nothing else left <laughs> in the bin. Kind of it. Yeah. Well, well, let's see. There's a thing of halls. <laughs> <laughs> Slim Pickens. Halls, yeah. gum, and some pub fries. I guess I'm going pub, the pub fries. fries. Yeah. Middle Child's Day and Vinyl Record Day. Oh, the Vinyl old... Record Day. Yeah. Making kind of a comeback, those vinyl records Spinning are. The and the wax. You know, the thing of it is, the vinyl records that you buy today yeah. of, like, say, Classic Zeppelin or Motley right. Crue right. or something like that or Nirvana, they're, they're just they're overpriced and they're thin and floppy. The they're, plastic is, yeah. but it's well. The vinyl is not it's as more, good a quality. But it's more durable. Well, that's what you think, but it's supposed to be more durable. Yeah, but you can't throw it like a frisbee without a wobbling. <laughs> that's true. So you know, in that sense, it's not as great. Yeah. You're right. 1851 on this day, Isaac Singer received a patent for the sewing machine. Well, Thanks, there Isaac. There you go. <laughs> not that Isaac. Not, no, not on the poop deck. All right. <laughs> no, never on the poop deck. 1856. Anthony Fass patented the accordion. Hmm. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, Anthony. <laughs> if it weren't for Anthony, there might not have been a polka ever. No, I don't think there would be, you know, without the accordion. I mean, you kind of wonder how did that come together. Would it weird Al have had a, yeah. a career? If only I had, like, a piano I could strap to my chest. <laughs> and play it like <laughs> and then, this. And I'll just push it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know anybody that can play the accordion? No. no. All right. We're putting it out there. If anyone knows how to play the accordion, hey, let us know so we can have you on the podcast. And maybe you could do our theme via accordion. <laughs> via accordion, although you'll have to clear it copyright through our uh, through Susan, our song mistress, yeah. uh, Cougar, aka Susan, or is it or, Susan, or is it Susan, aka, AKA Cougar. Cougar? We haven't quite figured that out. Yeah. Eighteen sixty-five in this date, just nine years after the patent for the accordion, disinfectant was used for the first time. <laughs> During a surgery, I love how you've connected these two things. <laughs> just nine just years nine after, years after just the nine years accordion after, was patented, it was it was a finger injury on the accordion. Someone figured out, I, hey, we should probably wash our hands before we stick I them know. inside your body. Hey, good so, idea. Disinfectant and the surgeon, yeah. Joseph Lister. Yeah, old Joe From Lister. Listerine. Yeah. By the Which, way, it was like, hey, you can rinse your hands with this and your mouth. <laughs> Lister, by the way. Listerine. was considered a nut job by the medical community when he came up with this idea of like, hey guys, we have germs on our hands and we put them inside body, we bring them no, in there. No, we don't. <laughs> exactly. He, uh, they ran him out of the profession and he died in an insane asylum. So, wow. Yeah, true story. Was he sanitized? <laughs> I guess you know, Was I it the sanitarium? <laughs> so, there you go. Wow. Fun story. <laughs> I don't know about fun. Yeah, well. Thomas Edison in 1877 invented the phonograph and made the first sound recording. Thus, final record day, don't you think? 
Although his was uh, wax. too waxed yeah, too, kind of wax cylinders. So, you can see Greenfield right. Village. Spinning it the was wax. display. Yeah. Mary had a little lamb. Mary had a little lamb. Mary had a little lamb. Jesus, was right as snow. What was Mary doing with that lamb? <laughs> Eating it. <laughs> mm. Mint jelly, please. <laughs> I get a side of mashed potatoes. It's, hey, make some butter. We're in Greenfield yeah. Village, for God's sake. That whale was pretty good. <laughs> Mickey Mantle in 1964 set a major league record when he hit home runs from both the left and right sides of the plate in wow. the same game. It's like, yeah, I did it from the left side and the right side. It's what what do you want out of me? Kind of a show off, you though. Think, you think so? Don't you think? I mean, obviously he had the goods to back it up. Sure. Just, you know. You think he walked back into the dugout and said, okay. Musial, your turn. Or, you know, <laughs> Musial wasn't even on the same thing. I don't think so. Uh, but, but, you know, oh, sure, you can bat from the hey, left and hey, right. Ruth. Hey, how Ruth. About, how about behind the plate? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stand directly behind it like the plate. croquet. Yeah. You know? Right. All right, now do it Between behind your legs. back. Okay. <laughs> At a news conference in Chicago in 1966, John Lennon publicly apologized for his Beatles are more popular than Jesus statement. Mm. And it's, it went like uh, this. I'm sorry. Yeah. Chaps. Actually, actually no. the apology was more like, I mean, it was, it, the whole thing was blown out of proportion. But if you go watch the actual apology, the apology is sort of like, it really runs like this, more or less. I'm sorry that you're idiots. <laughs> that was kind of the apology. It was sort of a backhanded apology. Wow, that wasn't very nice, John Lennon. Uh, well, like I said, they took it out of context. A year later, after John Lennon's apology, Fleetwood Mac played their first concert, 1967. Wow. That's pre-Stephen uh, Eggs. Stephen Eggs. Stephen Eggs. Stephen Eggs. On CBS. <laughs> Why Henry? Brent Musburger is I, announcing Stephen Eggs, well, I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to hear Brent, Brent Musburger introduce Stephen Eggs? So now, Stephen Eggs. <laughs> and then have Keith Jackson call the concert. Hello again, everybody. Uh, hello again, everybody. Eggs. Here comes Stephen Eggs. <laughs> With all her bananas. Oh, she got lots of scarves today, everybody. Oh, Nelly. She believes in oh. witchcraft. <laughs> oh, Nelly. Oh, a lot of cocaine's got up that nose. <laughs> all right, if you want terrible impersonations. Henry Padavani. Yes. Henry Padavani. Do you know who Henry Padavani is? I know, but you're going to tell me. Henry Padavani was a guitarist with the police who quit the group on this day in 1977 after just being in the band for nine months. He was a lead guitarist. He quit the band, left them as a trio. Mm. He's probably thinking, I probably shouldn't have done that. It wasn't really a good career move. Well, you know, <laughs> you make decisions. <laughs> probably wasn't a, career, a good like, career move to quit like that band. You know, McLean Stevenson, for instance. Oh, yeah. And you go, you know what? This MASH thing is... Fading. Yeah, I've got wants. bigger things to do, like Hello Larry. Goodbye, career. <laughs> Goodbye, career. <laughs> exactly. And finally, in 2015, a second postage stamp was issued by the U.S. bearing the image of Elvis Presley. The first one was introduced in 1993. Mm. This one featured a black and white photograph by mm. William Spear. Mm -hmm. It's Elvis in 1955. Yes, the young Elvis. It was a part of the music icon series. That begun in 2013. Wow. So okay. They said, okay, we got the old Elvis stamp. Now we right. need a new Elvis stamp well, sure. to sell more stamps. Well, right. For stamp collectors. Of course. That's your two-cent history lesson All right. for today. All right. Get Rhonda on the phone. I'm getting Rhonda. While you call, I'm going to go get our ice cream. Uh
We can't talk to Rhonda and eat ice cream well, at you, the same you, you time. You get it going. I'm gonna I've got to fulfill this ice cream order. I guess so. <laughs> He's the ice cream man. Catch him as he's walking by. Stop when you pass by. <laughs> Go get the ice cream. <laughs> oh, gosh. Hey, Rhonda, it's Mike. And, uh, well, not John at the moment. He's getting ice cream as we speak. All right, because we're, we're, we're getting our Melon Fest ice cream on uh, during the show today. So how are the Mike and John double BS nachos going at Torch 180? They're going well. Yeah. We've had people coming in just specifically for them. <laughs> was it for them or for the shirts? Let's be honest. Um, I think it was maybe both. Both? Okay. <laughs> it's like getting the freebie with the meal. Exactly. So exactly. All right. So we are going to replenish the stock. All right. For next week. Cool. All right. To help cool. generate more sales there at Torch 180. There you go. All right. So what's going on? BBS nachos. <laughs> Loving that. So what's going on at Torch this week at Torch 180? Um, you know, um, we just have had a lot of really interesting discussions around here, and it kind of had something on my mind this uh -oh. morning. I hope you don't mind. It's not really about a restaurant or anything. It's kind. It's more about people who have autism. Okay. And, and some of the insights that the students have given me this past week. Um, we we do a lot of discussion on talking about soft skills, which are how you interact with the world. I'm your ice cream man. Stop the way to pass you by. I'm talking with Rhonda. Oh, hi, Rhonda. Hi. Oh, wait a minute. Are you enjoying your ice cream? Well, John bought down. You his, said you didn't want any. I, I didn't really want any of the melon ice cream. Right. So you said you'd bring me a little Briars. Yeah. Natural vanilla ice cream in a little cup. Yeah. And and you didn't bring me a spoon. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I got to lick it out Wait, of the is cup. there a spoon in there? Uh, no. no. <laughs> this is a white. That was one of those little wooden uh, spoons in it, but I guess you're right. I, I guess I don't get my ice cream. All right, so back to back to the discussion about autism. Okay, so um, so I think that maybe I'm more sheltered and, and just don't think that like bullying and stuff like that still happens. Yeah. But I have had multiple students tell me just within the past couple of weeks that how much they like it here because they feel so safe and, yeah. and when i've probed a little deeper like what do you mean by safe it's like well people out there are not nice to you if you act differently right yeah and we spend so much time working on how do you communicate and how do you how do you you know how do you be respectful when you maybe don't feel respectful or sometimes people come across and they sound like they're really mad, but they're not, and things like that. And so we work on those things. But it's always been my goal, like, not to rob them of the unique parts of their personalities. But again and again, they're telling me that those are the things they don't like because they don't fit. Yeah. And just and one young man, I, I don't think people realize this, and so I'm just like on this crusade. I want to <laughs> educate the world. They can, <laughs> you can have autism and be and have a very high IQ but present as if you don't. And so one young man was telling me he had walked to the grocery store and he was walking home and all of a sudden, these um, kids began to yell at him and call him fat and throw rocks at him and stuff. And he's tried to run away, but then he said that just made it worse because they were laughing at how he was running. And he was really scared. And I think that they assumed he really wasn't aware of what was going on 
But it impacted him very deeply. And he was very, very hurt that people would do that. And I said, you know, you can call the police if something like that's happening and you're that frightened. And he he said, I just don't like to be a person who causes trouble in the world. And I was like, and I just don't like to be a person who knows that this stuff still goes on because I guess I just kind of thought we could move past it. Well, you know, with all the discussions and the... um the way we try to present that, you know, we're anti-bullying, there are those that kind of thrive on that kind of stuff, unfortunately. And uh, and this, jo- this young man had to experience that, and that's I, unfortunate. I, I, I mean, also think that there's a bit know. of a, a, <laughs> a, a nostalgia, I think, sometimes, of older generations who go, who remember back to their time in school and whether yeah. they were quote-unquote bullied or were the bullies and they look back on it almost nostalgically and sadly to say or they go oh it's all just part of growing up hey that's how kids learn and you're like "Mm, i don't know i don't think so but i mean i'm talking this is a man i mean he's in his mid-20s but that's what i'm saying people people don't take it seriously they don't see it as a serious problem because they have this I don't know, this, uh, you know, rose-colored glasses version of it where they just say, ah, you know, get over it. Uh, I don't know. People just tend to, I think, dismiss it because it's an uncomfortable subject. uh, And they don't take it seriously. And you're right. Whether you're a kid or an adult, I mean, this is, it's unfortunate that we seem to be living in a time in a society where that's almost, I don't want to say condoned, but it's certainly not uh, forcefully rejected. Right, it's just dismissed. Well, I don't don't know what anybody gets out of it, you know. When they think of being bullied, you know, I mean, sometimes I'll hear people talk about, oh, we're persecuted. We're not in the United States. No, no, you're just, we're not being persecuted here. We don't even know what that's like. And I think people think they got teased some in school and they don't realize how hateful bullying is can be and how damaging it is and then you've got these individuals who are trying so hard to try to do the right things to fit in right and it's just like i don't know i just wish we could be more understanding well, of other people yeah i mean i think it comes down to inclusion and and unfortunately yes. that word yes. i mean how does the word inclusive become a negative and unfortunately it has because right. an inclusive view of the world is not everybody sees the world like I do. Not everybody experiences the world like I do. And right. having the respect that somebody else's point of view, their life, their you know experience is not the same as mine, and it doesn't make it any less worthy than sure. than mine is. And I think some people just huh. tend to have a very like my view of the world is this. This is my experience of life, and if you don't fit this very narrow band then you're weird. And you're like, mm, maybe you're weird. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, well, no, it's, yeah, uh, yeah I, th- I think it is that where, uh, where people do have their vision of the world and think everybody else should have it that way. And if they don't, then they don't, they're just not a part of it. Right. You know, you know what I mean? And, and why you have to be, you know, it's, it's one thing to have that point of view, but to turn on somebody else because they don't, you know, it, it can be with politics or sports teams you like or movies you like, whatever it is. You know, people if, with disabilities. Yeah. Right, sure. Or, I mean, and I think it comes down to, and Rhonda, I'm sure you can talk about this better than, than we can, but I think it's the, it's, the, it's the understanding or the ability to have empathy. And that yes. empathy is different than sympathy. And, and this uh-huh. is the thing. Being able to empathize with someone is, 
in a sense, putting yourself in their shoes. I mean, that's a, a very simple way to say it, but being able to empathize is to say, all right, well, wait a minute. I have this experience in this worldview, but that's, that's just mine. Let me try and think about how this person views the world. Maybe let me think about how they experience the world. And having that kind of empathy, that's what I think we're lacking a lot of now is the ability to empathize with others. Um, right. We, we so. don't try to practice it. People don't try to practice it. And, but I think I'm, I'm just, I feel bad because I've been around this population for such a long time. Right. And then when I'm hearing these things now, I'm like, you guys, I like, I literally, I can't even envision myself as an adult making fun of someone yeah. else. Or, or, you know, or just it's sad. at them. It's, it's, it, it's, it's sad and it's infuriating, honestly. It really yeah. is. Yeah. It really is. Well, I think, you know, the, the silver lining in this is you do have a safe place for these people and an accepting environment. So just keep that up and, and hopefully that will have some kind of domino effect. Uh, not only for them in house there at Torch 180, but uh, but out in out on the streets and out in everyday life well, you, too. You know, you and the mission that you've created, I think, serves as an example for others, and um, and so that gets passed along. And you're right, wherever we can, whenever we can, we can, if we can create these safe spaces, uh, sure. these inclusive safe spaces like Torch 180, um, we should, and hopefully more people will. And I think even this, having conversations like this and trying to educate people, you know, when customers come in, I often will talk to them about the struggles that most of us who aren't dealing with these situations are totally unaware of right, that, yeah. that are happening. And so I'm trying, you know, I try and it was just really on my mind because it came up multiple times this past week, okay. largely because we're discussing, you know, how much do you have to give up of you to fit in and, and that type of stuff. So... Uh, deep breath, Rhonda. Well, yeah, keep, it keep sounds doing like the good you know, work, man. I, I know you you work with with uh, with people that have you know these developmental disabilities, uh, but it sounds to me like there's a lot more people that could gain a lot more from going through a Torch 180 class. Or just volunteering, uh, you know, and yeah, helping out right. just to see what it's like. Yeah. yeah, to to just get that point of view. So, and and we're proud. I mean, all jokes aside or whatever, I mean, we are proud to be associated with you personally and with Torch 180 as an organization. What you guys do in the community is just, it is so valuable. Um, we, we are just, we're honored, honestly, to have any kind of connection uh, with with the mission that you guys are, are carrying out, so so thank you for, well, for being a part of it, yeah. and thank you for bringing that perspective to our to our podcast because yeah. we need it. We like to have fun, well, thank you. but we should also keep in mind these larger issues. And, yeah. and thank you for doing that. All right, time to give away lunch. <laughs> yes. uh, let's do something fun. All right. All right, so lunch for two. We do recommend Mike and John's Double BS Nachos. Yeah, we do. And that free t-shirt that comes with it. Right, we're going to resupply you with the free t-shirts. I, I covered that while oh, you were eating your ice cream. Well, I was getting the ice cream. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mine, right. Mine's going to melt by the time this is done because <laughs> I have no have spoon. spoon. <laughs> In my mind, I thought there was like a wooden spoon yeah, in there. He's thinking of himself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, well, okay, whatever. All right, congratulations to Jade Hodge. Jade Hodge. Jade Hodge. Do you know Jade? Congratulations. I do know Jade. Oh, okay, good. Awesome. Jade Hodge, congratulations. Got lunch for two at Torch 180. Awesome. Well, All right. Rhonda, as always, we, we appreciate what you do and you on the podcast, too. And uh, like John said, we'll have some more t-shirts coming your way for next week. 
Love it. Thanks, All right. guys. All right, Rhonda, All right. thanks again. Rhonda Callahan from Torch 180 in Fowlerville. Stop by, uh, get your lunch, and uh, enjoy a great meal and a great experience if you've never been there before. Exactly. And speaking of great experiences, should you need garage door repairs, replacements, firehouse doors, they're the place to call them. And yes, serving sir. Livingston County for more than 24 years, family-owned, veteran-owned. They're your one-stop shop for residential, commercial, and rolling steel overhead door needs. And for the past 21 years, Firehouse Doors has been Livingston County's only authorized distributor for CHI overhead doors. Call Firehouse Doors today, 810-599-7480. And don't forget, Saturday at Melon Fest. Saturday. You'll see us. We might even see you yeah. at Maybe. Melon Fest. We could be looking down at you. <laughs> or or at you. I don't mean we're looking down our nose. I'm just oh, saying, wow, you know, look at you. We could be at a height. Yourself, we we, we might could be, be up, up and, you know, like let a physical thing. Yeah, we got a drone. Depending. <laughs> so, we got a hovercraft. We got a hot air balloon. Uh, yeah. No, we don't. <laughs> we have a Zeppelin. We got a lot of hot air. So, yeah, well, that we have. But uh, it's going to be fun this weekend yeah. at Melon Fest. So Keep we hope your to see eye there. open for the Mike and John. Got it going on. Thing. Thing. Whatever there. that is. It's, you know, you'll see it. Right. When you see it, you'll, you'll know. know. Yes, yeah. you will. All right. All right. Also, Melon Fest. Yeah, at Melon Fest. Yeah, the parade, 10 to noon on Saturday. And uh, keep your eye over for the Mike and John experience. That's what we're calling it. Well, that's what I'm calling it. Why, why did you go into, like, yeah. uh, the experience? <laughs> the Liam Neeson voice. I will find you. We will find you. I'm getting scared. <laughs> you will find us. Hey, if you're looking for a job, Murphy's Family Auto is hiring office help, porter yeah. service, an advisor-type job pays based on your skill level and experience. For more details, call Murphy's Family Auto, 517-552-3040. Or stop by and apply in person. They're now open on Saturdays, Saturdays, 8 to 1. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday. <laughs> Tell Mike and John since you get 5% off your bill. Murphy's Family Auto. Your car knows. Murphy'sFamilyAuto.com <laughs> End it, will you? <laughs> <laughs> You've gone into real cheap invitations today. No, no, it's I'm not at all. I'm not happy with you. You've been giggling <laughs> with Mike and John. Yeah, you have. Tune in next time and giggle on. All right, big guitar finish. <laughs>